Welcome to this episode of Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Janine. And I'm Brian. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst, pop culture of the 2000s. Hey, Brian. Hey! Thanks for joining us today and introducing me to yet another terrible 2000s horror movie. I'm not too sure about that, but uh, thank you for having me. (laughs) Before we get started, do you want to let the podcast audience know a little bit more about your podcast? Yes. So, uh, hey, uh, I'm one of the hosts of The Blood Buddies. We're a uh, weekly horror movie podcast uh, where we have... Uh, where we like pick a movie based off of themes on a roulette style wheel. So, you know, sometimes we'll land on a on a theme like oh 1970s or uh, LGBTQ plus uh, themed movies, and then you know we pick a movie, talk about it. Typically, it seems like we hate it. I don't know why. I I typically like them, but I always I'm the one that always gets flack about all the hate that comes in, but <laughs> I mean, whatever. But yeah, uh, we're, you know, just a little horror podcast. Uh, and that's about it, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really funny because we're similar, like, of course, we're both movie podcasts. And mm-hmm. then you say that uh, you usually like most of the movies. And I'm the same way, even though our podcast is called Guess What You're Gonna Hate?, there's not many movies that I hate, except the movies that I do hate are almost always horror movies. So it's like, we've got similar, we're just mirrored a little bit, I think. <laughs> Which I think actually works really well with this episode's themes, like, it, within the plot of the movie. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mirroring, uh, that I've noticed in this movie. <laughs> mirroring and, uh, waxing and, ooh, mm. candling, fire. Talking about some waxing poetic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that melted my brain a little bit, but we're moving on. <laughs> Bazinga. So... Ugh. The movie that you got me to watch is 2005 House of Wax. Yeah. So why did you choose House of Wax? Well, I was trying to think of... Well, so originally, uh, when when the idea of uh, being on the show uh, came up, I was just like, oh man, there's so many mid-2000s <laughs> movies I wanted to watch. Yeah, I think I like said like Wet Hot American Summer, Speed Racer, just like all these like kind of like wacky, fun conversation ones. And then you're like, oh, well, it is Halloween time, so it could be a horror movie. And yeah, for some reason, the first thing that came to mind is House of Wax. (laughs) And I think it's just because uh, it's a show or it's a movie that I've been wanting uh, our show to, uh, to talk about for a while, but. Yeah, but the roulette it, no, dictates all. So, well, it's a mixture of that, and sometimes we do a poll based. You know, like we'll all pick a movie, and then we'll have our audience uh, pick. You know, like vote for which one they would rather. And House of Wax has been on there, I think, twice, and has both times got last place. Womp womp. Yeah. So this is the best I'm gonna get. So why do you think that is? Why do you think? the it gets last place in your polls uh because <laughs> because my hosts like to do uh uh cheap shots sometimes where they just do like really <laughs> easy ones where like we did a poll recently where it was like oh yeah uh family friendly and my partner uh chris uh who's also a host uh she had her pick as hocus pocus and i was just like of course, Hocus Pocus is going to win. <laughs> so, like, typically, most of the time, whenever I've tried to put House of Wax on, uh, it's always against something that's just like, oh, this is obviously going to win, everybody. Come on. <laughs> and I think also there's this strong connection of House of Wax and Paris Hilton. Like, I've talked to a couple of people this week, like, oh, yeah, like, I have to go watch House of Wax. And they say, oh, the Paris Hilton movie? Yeah. So, I mean, like, like at least three different people uh, know it as the Paris Hilton movie. So, Well, there's not too many Paris Hilton movies out there. I believe uh, it's just this one and The Hottie and the Naughty. 
um, <laughs> which is also... Wasn't she also in Repo? Yes, she was in Repo. Yeah. Oh, God, that is that is a movie. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it in such a long time, but I don't remember hating it. No, I mean, it's got some catchy songs in it for sure, but I don't think Paris Hilton's character sings, so... No. Who else is in that movie? Oh, Alexa Vega. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Mm. But you're right. Like, it's not like Paris Hilton has a lot of movies. And it's strange that House of Wax is so associated with Paris Hilton when her... First of all, none of the characters are developed well. Like, absolutely none of them. But her in particular, her character does not really have a lot of scenes. Though it does have, I think, the best paced up until the death part of it like the best chase scene oh yeah absolutely like they they really like they they were gunning for like hey we have paris hilton here everybody hates her in 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 (laughs) 2005 um she was she she was like the kim kardashian of the mid 2000s you know people just loved to hate her for some reason I yeah. I don't fully remember her being too awful besides I mean, like some of the privileged things she did in uh, the simple life but otherwise yeah. like I don't remember her being too awful but of course uh, I think with the whole sex tape and everything people just love to just go on her uh Yeah. And there was a big rejection of her femininity I think too cuz she was just so like femme like so over the top like really like kind of took 2000s ideas of like womanhood and just encompass them like entirely but because of that she was I have a lot of strong feelings about Paris I, and I'm <laughs> and I'm whenever we do our simple life episodes I'm on the Paris Hilton defense squad so it should be no surprise that I'm still defending her for this movie even though it's an awful movie so do you want us to get started with a quick plot rundown of the movie okay oh um let me just get a quick sip of this beer um (laughs) you really need it to get through this one one of the most common catchphrases on my show is uh whenever i try to go into talking about the plot which is the reason why our episodes are so long is that i try to trail through them and then everyone's just like oh yeah but wait what about this and that so i've been like typically starting my uh my plot rundowns with it's a tale as old as time and like (laughs) just like we can get through this really fast (sighs) i'm gonna try to see what i can do do you want you know i've been thinking toying with this for a while because i think it could be really fun because i i hate i'm like you like it i hate it when we have to go back and forth and we do the plot rundown and we always miss stuff or whatever i've been thinking about what if we both try to make the shortest synopsis of this movie like i'm talking Let's both try to do a one-sentence synopsis of this movie. Oh, sh- okay. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm down for this. I am 100% down. If you need a minute to think about it, we've got all the time in the world, my friend. No, I'm just going to jump straight into it. All right, okay, let's so hear it. One sentence, <laughs> or at least abridged, as abridged as possible. Yes. Okay. Uh, wait, how many kids are there in this movie? Uh, Too many. <laughs> Okay, a group of University of Florida students go to Louisiana and get lost through a murderous house of wax town. The end. (laughs) Okay. I think. Yeah. Well, actually, that's kind of how the movie ends, right? Like, the end, or is it? (laughs) Oh, it definitely has one of those, like, question mark, uh, like, right after the end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, okay, that one's good. I'm going to try. Two conjoined twins, now separated, take playing house a little too far. Ooh. Ooh. That's that's a good one. That's like that's like something that you'd find on like the religious movie network uh, review of this movie, like from Dove dot org. Chills. Uh, I, I like that. Um, one thing that I wish I brought up with mine uh, is saying 
all of your favorite teenage heartthrobs are in this. Yeah. Like, this movie... We got Jared is, Padalecki in it. Right? And you got Chad Michael Murray looking not that great. Yeah. Um, like, I don't understand. Like, he had, like, stubble with, like, a stubble head. Like, he just... Yeah. I don't know. I've never been, like, fully attracted to Chad Michael Murray or Jared Padalecki, or Jared Padalecki but... I don't know. He just looks so... Both of them look so bad in this movie. Jared was at, like, the peak of Gilmore Girls, I think, at this point, right? Uh, yeah, because when did Supernatural start? Like, 2007? I think so. So this is, like, a a bridge from him from Gilmore Girls to Supernatural, and... Oh, no, this this came out, like, at the same time, actually, as Supernatural. 2005. Wow. I will say, I think that Chad Michael Murray um, acts his little heart out in this movie. Like Mm. he, he like struggles, like he has this like intense inner dialogue. Like you can tell he was like really thinking about his character's motivations, even if the freaking writers didn't. And every like line he does, he's got this like scowl and you're like, man, he is like capital A acting. Yeah, he he was he was selling it. He, yeah. he was definitely selling it. And then you've got the main girl, um, Carly. Do you remember who plays Carly? Uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah, who's basically like a wet paper bag. This whole movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. I just kind of noticed. My main thing with her was uh, just. I think I saw some continuity errors at the end where she was wearing like an obvious wig because i think her hair just grew like three inches longer or something like that i don't know well that's the stress of being in a in a house that's like melting as you're walking through it right so which is the most beautiful part of the whole movie yeah but uh yeah no i totally i totally feel you there did you know that this entire town was built just for this movie I can see that. I can yeah. I can definitely see that. I would say, like, at first I was surprised, and then I got to think about it. It's got a very unworldly quality that I didn't really like because I kept forgetting where it was because they keep mentioning, oh, you're, Carly's going to New York. She's going to get out of here. She's going to New York. And um, the town is supposed to be in, like, Louisiana, but mm-hmm. it does not look like a Louisiana town. Right. It's got, like, and they they try to make it look old and lived in, but it also doesn't. And plus, like, what kind of town has all those things that are still in, like, decent condition in 2005? Because it had, like, an old school gas station and a theater and a church, like, on the square. Yeah. See, I I was really confused at, like, if it's just these two brothers living in this town... How do they know how to do basic electronics to run an entire yeah. small district? Yeah, so I I know we kind of slipped over the plot rundown, but essentially there's a lot of stuff that goes on. But if you boil down to what the villain's motivations are, um, they were conjoined twins that were separated. And one was, I think Vincent is the one who's... Vincent's the one that uh, uh, had more of the facial scarring. Yeah, he had more facial scarring, and the other one, Victor, was kind of like the favored boy, and um, their mom was a famous wax sculptor who eventually passed away from a brain, like a cyst in her brain, and they were both a little unwell because they, uh, Vincent especially, was never really treated nicely by his parents. They obviously favored Victor, and... In his brain, he was like, I'm going to finish my mom's mission of making all these perfect replicas of life. And he takes it to the extreme by turning the entire town into wax replicas. Like, but not just making replicas of them. He dips them, well, he covers them in wax. And so they decompose inside of the wax shells, which I think is interesting how the set designers made, like, when at the end of the movie and they're like knocking people over and like, yeah, they're like wax melting shells are falling up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you can see the skeletons underneath some at different stages of decay, which is neat. But then also that's not really how decay works because decay requires gases to be released. And if there's no way for the gases to release inside the wax, then it's not really going to decompose that way. But that's just nitpicking, mm-hmm. I guess. But 
it's it is kind of neat because you do see like the like some of them are more dusty and some of them are, are more like fleshy and then there's this really gruesome scene where Jared Padalecki's character <laughs> which has been who has been covered in wax um one of the characters is trying to save him by peeling the wax away and it peels off his skin which is ugh, truly truly gross so so you said something uh very very brave yet controversial here so you believe <laughs> that vincent was the one that was mistreated that's the one who was like strapped down to the chair right no oh so he was the one who was he was the good was complacent. kid yeah okay okay yeah like doesn't that kind of like make you think a Wait, little bit so more vincent's not the one with the mask vincent's the one with the mask Okay. But Bo was the one that was like scratching around. Oh yeah, because they make the the zoom in on his wrist because yeah. the movie opens up with them struggling at like eating dinner on high chairs, even though they're like at least eight or ten, which I don't think you eat in high chairs. So I guess that's the point, yeah. right? That they're like being infantilized. Um, and he's like strapped down and screaming and like angry. So yeah, the thing is, I kept getting their names mixed up because I get they're twins, but do you really need to name twins? Like, look at Carly and her brother Nick. They don't have the same letters, but I guess they weren't conjoined, so I guess they're not real twins. <laughs> right. Um. Yes, I. Oh, and I just got a buzz. Oh, hey, cool! A new episode of Jersey Shore Family Vacation is now on MTV. Sweet. Thanks, phone. Do you watch Jersey Shore Vacation? <laughs> yes. Uh, I absolutely do. Uh, no, uh, they still make that. Yeah. Oh, it's the reunion. Ep- it's it's gonna get so it's gonna get so wild because okay. All right, all right. Hold on here. Okay. So Jersey this is Shore. Still 2000. So it's relevant. Yeah. Okay. So Jersey Shore. Uh, Chris and I, uh, where my partner and also uh, one of one of my co-hosts. Uh, she, uh, her and I, we've been watching a lot of uh, reality TV. It's what she loves. Uh, so you know, you kind of do what you, you know, what, uh, you know, what your loved one loves as well. I yeah, get it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so we've been watching Jer- Jersey Shore, and they recently had a reunion season. Well, now they're on the second reunion season called the Family Vacation, and it's just been a wild time there because it's all like family dramas and weird moments but now the situation's going to jail in real life like he's just got sentenced to jail so how's how's jersey shore (laughs) family vacation season three gonna be i don't know so uh yeah so anyways house of wax uh is a wonderful movie (laughs) you really think so did you did you really like it um yes uh, I, 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 I kind of enjoy bad movies. Um, I think probably to a fault. Uh, I, uh, you know, both of us were on, uh, the Mibim Bam, uh, podcast group. Uh, mm-hmm. and so you're very well aware of, uh, till death do us blart, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 probably at least once or twice a month. Oh my god. I don't know why. I just I just do. So I, I just I, there's something about like really bad movies that I just enjoy. But there's so many like artistic just moments in this movie that I love. Like I love the opening scene with uh with the twin boys uh and like one's getting strapped down and one isn't and like the anglings like sometimes you get some dutch angles and it's just kind of like there's just a lot of like unsettling cinematography like when they're they definitely do that 2000s trend that like every horror movie in the 2000s loved where they find someone's handheld camera and switch the video to that oh yeah like so i can see that um what what else do you like about it? Um, so the entire last uh, twenty minutes, I think, is amazing. Just seeing the entire uh, waxed house or the house of wax, uh, I guess mm-hmm. I should call it, uh, which is <laughs> uh, entirely made out of wax, uh, just like melting. I thought that was really cool seeing. Yeah, it's really cool visually, but I felt like that was the worst paced part of the movie. Like, I was getting bored at that point. Because the thing is, 
Once they've killed off all the other characters, because so uh, there were six people, right? Uh-huh. Or eight. No, it was six. We got Supernatural Guy. We got One Tree Hill. We got Girl Next Door. We got Kid from Cousin Skeeter. We got the weird comic relief guy. We got Paris Hilton. So you got six. Once those four have died, and they all meet like pretty gruesome deaths, like Jared Padalecki is waxed alive. Dalton, um, whose actor's name I can't remember. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> he gets like beheaded. And then when Chad Michael Murray's character finds him in the wax and tries to free him, he thinks that he beheads him, which I thought was kind of a nice oh, touch. Oh, yeah, that was great. Blake, his character's name, he gets um, stabbed right as he's going to do it with Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Paris Hilton has a really nice, uh, as I said before, a really nice chase scene where you almost kind of wonder if she's going to make it through. And I kind of wish she had because I feel like it kind of would have, I don't know, like, you know, gone against a bit of movie tropes that the, the high school girl who is a little promiscuous gets to get away with it. Like, cause she's pretty smart about it. She finds like a pole to like arm herself with and, and runs away. But it, and it has really nice pacing and like you feel genuine like is this going to happen is it, is it, is she going to get out um but her death itself is kind of hokey cuz the villain who in this case is Victor uh Vincent uh yeah no Vin- it's the dude with the mask yeah that's Vincent um, okay. wait so you got you got Bo and Vincent yeah 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 Bo Bo's the mechanic and then yeah. Vincent's the uh so um, he finds that pole that she was arm uh, that she had used to protect herself, and then like throws it through two car windows, mm. which I guess makes for like a interesting image, but it's not how physics works, first of all. And then also, it's just kind of like it was such a sudden end to the scene. I was kind of like, ugh, really, because it had been so nicely paced. But anyway, I'm digressing. So they all die in in, in a myriad of ways, <laughs> and so you know they're not going to yeah. kill. The twins, because this movie has made, like, different, like, has set them up to be foils for each other, right? Like, twins that um, don't always get along, but they'll do anything for each other versus two twins who are evil, (laughs) like, legitimately evil, um, and who murder together. And then also, you have another um, third set of twins kind of in the background, another one of those interesting touches from the movie where they have uh, playing in the theater is the movie uh, What Happened to Baby Jane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is a 1960s movie about a, a sibling rivalry where one child is like locked away from public view. <sighs> See, I didn't catch that. You're <laughs> See, this movie has layers. It does have layers, but also it just becomes extremely predictable at the end because you know they're going to get out. So it's like, yeah, it's because it, he's injured at the end and it's kind of like, are they going to manage to claw through the house? But of course they're going to. Yeah. Like the movie's not going to kill off the main two twins. It's just that's why I didn't like the the last 20 minutes. So I'm, okay. I'm kind of surprised that you did. But I do see the artistry and the scene, the set melting. It's honestly just the artistry. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I, I was watching, I was watching this, uh, most of the movie this morning. Uh, I caught the last 20 minutes uh, right when I got home from work. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the first chunk of the movie, the, uh, like, a lot of it was good. Like, I, you know, act one of them being like, oh, hey, we're, you know, uh, we're stuck and t- or like need to find a way to get uh get this car repaired. Like that part's just like eh. Like you're you're getting the setup of the characters. Yeah, whatever. That's whatever. I don't care. Um, the second act is good, but it's really long and uh it does get a little bit boring. Like that's where a lot of the kills are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the stuff that's like establishing the location, I thought was really great. Just seeing like all the attention to detail yeah. of like. Like, one of the wax models that he has in the town is so detailed that it pulls the curtain. Right. And then, like, there's the puppy dog ones uh, that yeah. you see. And, like, like all that is, like, so cool. But then, like, the thing with uh, the kid from Cousin Skeeter having sex with Paris Hilton, I totally forgot about that. And then, like, I just got bored. And I was like, oh, yeah, that happens. I think it's also because the writers or directors, like, had too many characters and didn't know how to... 
do the back and forth very well. Yeah. Because that's the thing is like by the time you get to Paris and um, Blake, you haven't seen them for like an hour. So you do kind of forget about them. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't. I mean, it's really unfortunate of saying this, but those two really did not need to be in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could have just had it as whatever, Nick, Wade, uh, whatever, Dalton and Carly. Yeah. Yeah, those are the only ones that really matter. They're uh, they're the ones that like go into the town, but mm-hmm. uh, it just seemed like they they added a little. A little they, there's there's just a bit too many people. Yeah, I think it would have been a much better movie if the, those two had been removed, which stinks because, I mean, then you're removing like the only black guy in the whole movie. But yeah, his character was really bland. Yeah, he uh, his character was uh, I own an Escalade. <laughs> that was really about and it. And I like football. Yeah. Okay. So let me. Um, so one of my big things about this movie that uh, I can't stand uh, is so they established where uh, where all the kids are from, which is uh, University of Florida. Yeah. So my my co-host Stephanie, uh, she lives in Gainesville, uh, Florida, mm-hmm. which uh, is home of the Gators, uh, team <laughs> to be. Uh, University of Florida. Okay, it is. There's so many different. Okay, UF. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so the thing is, uh, Chris and I go to the uni- or go to Gainesville every year. So like I know what Gainesville looks like. I know the people that are in Gainesville, including since one of our hosts is from Gainesville, but then they're like, "Oh yeah, all the big all the big city skyline in New York City." You know, just like really like amping up the the like ruralness of the of Gainesville. But then not having southern accents either, which Oh yeah. But that's not even that common in Gainesville either. I've noticed, like it, Gainesville's like a relatively like. No, it's not like a big city, but like it's still like, there's still some hustle and bustle, like a lot of like, liveliness that. Well, Florida's uh, like barely a part of the South anyway. Yeah, that is like, definitely true. Because I'm from the South, because Tennessee is pretty firmly in the South. Yeah. And. Florida is definitely part of the South, but we don't really consider it Southern because a lot of it is retirees and Mm -hmm. like people who move there from Miami, like, or Orlando, like those big cities, uh, hubs. So it it is interesting. I agree with you because they do try to paint them as like Hicks. They say, oh, at least there aren't any Hicks in New York. And they, he does like a, a pretty funny reference. I guess Chad Michael Murray does a funny reference to, um, like that idea, that trope of of southern people coming to the big city. I think. Yeah. Like, oh, look at the! I reckon those skyscrapers go all the way up to the sky. Like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so he makes fun of it, but you're right. Like it, it is weird because it doesn't. That's why I think um it bothered me about the set is because the movie doesn't look like it knows where it wants to be. Yeah. It it, it reminds me a little bit of like a town that you'd run into in the walking dead where it's like slightly <laughs> desolate, but like still that like retro feel. I mean, it's all still all in the same area. Like that's in Georgia, Louisiana. Oh no, Georgia and Louisiana are pretty far away. Um, I don't know my geography too well. Not to somebody out in Hollywood. Oh yeah. You got a good point there. Um, also, okay. This movie had a budget of $40 million. Jesus. They built that town with at least less than 40 million dollars because i feel like paris hilton was 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 an expensive get god i love this okay it it is it is definitely an enjoyable movie like i'll say it does its job of being like a you know just a movie you'd watch with friends like but it also and it has special moments and i think it could have been a really good film if the writing had been better cuz there were some truly awful pieces of of writing, such as when, for example, speaking of Paris Hilton, when Blake tries, because you know they got to get the people to go back, because half of them actually leave to go to the football game, and the traffic gets turned around, and then um, as they're on their way back to the town, uh, Blake turns to Dalton and Nick and says, "Because he says to them, are y'all gonna have sex?" And they go, "What? No." And he goes, "Cause me and Paige are. Get out of here." And it's like. <laughs> what like who talks like that or 
there was, and there, but there are some funny parts. It's like they, they did have some golden parts, but they could have done with some tighter editing. Like one of the few parts of the movie that made me laugh was when they have like their party scene, um, where they're just like goofing around at night because these people, they decide, oh, we're not going to make it to the place we need to be. So we're just going to pull over somewhere in the middle of nowhere and camp there and then get mad when someone shows up. Yeah, Blake had like the idea where he's like, oh, yeah, I found a I found a shortcut that'll like cut maybe like 30 minutes of our time uh, to Louisiana. And I was just like, dude, you're already driving at night. Like 30 minutes is not that much. Yeah. But yeah. And then, of course, they find out that the de- the detour isn't a detour and then they were like oh well it's gonna take too long to turn back now and then yeah they they just go camping in a in the middle of a stinky forest area it is kind of funny though that the characters are experiencing this movie rotting from the inside because (laughs) you know they're all reacting to how much it stinks and i'm like wow i've never felt so much kinship with a character from a 2000s horror movie before (laughs) I will say, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of looking at it like, oh, this is such a bad idea. Why would they do that? But I want to take you back to a little 2000s movie featuring another female icon, uh, Britney Spears, and the movie oh, you're gonna talk about Crossroads. Crossroads. Yes, because in Crossroads, they all just stop and camp out in a random field, and they're fine. Yeah. So, of course, they would think that they're going to be fine because Britney Spears told them that they they would be. And they prob those those characters probably watched this movie. <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> oh god. Um I I I I have to I have to mention the great thing about mid 2000s movies, specifically horror movies, is the soundtrack. Oh yeah. There's so much new metal in this, like, <laughs> like Deftones, Disturbed, Marilyn Manson. They're all like in here. And then the greatest moment of this entire movie is the end credits where everything's all mysterious and brooding. And you see that, oh, maybe there's a third evil brother. Oh, my God. And you're like, oh, man, this is a really great ending. You're expecting this like orchestral score to like close out the credits. <laughs> no, you get My Chemical Romance. Just completely out of the blue makes no sense why they're there and it is the greatest part of the movie helena is a banger though i hated that band until i heard like when i saw this movie not in theaters but like right when it came out on dvd i hated that band and then i heard whatever helena play and end credits and i was like that's how that song goes because i've only heard the chorus i was like Man, the verses kill. You've seen the the music video, right? Because that's the whole reason I love that move that uh, song so much. Um, yeah, that's the one where they're in the, uh, the funeral, like the, the funeral. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's pretty beautiful. Um, I was not like a My Chemical Romance fan, like because there are definitely a, a type of people known as MCR fans. But I did like that song in that in particular. But I do agree with you; it was very out of place. Um, and I I would say like. The soundtrack itself, because there's one part where... Okay, so they're painting this as like a backwards southern town. And at one point, Carly, when she's running to escape from whichever villain is pretending to be the mechanic, she turns on the radio because it falls over and it starts blasting like a, a heavy rock song. And you're like, surely this dude would be rocking out to a country station. Yeah. And also, if this is the middle of nowhere, how is he getting that good of a radio signal? Like, I know, obviously, it's a movie. They're not going to like... <laughs> have like a fate like a talk show radio come on right. or something but it was just very weird for that song to just like show up like that and when i was listening to the soundtrack i was like dang this takes me back to like my nashville uh has a radio station called 102.9 the buzz uh which is a very alt rock name for a radio station i think the buzz and uh, so I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm listening to that again, like in middle school, because it's literally, like you said, it's all these, like a certain type of song. Yeah. Now, just imagine how the end credits or even that scene where like they turn on the radio and instead of it being like butt rock, new rock, you know, kind of stuff, like it was like Hank Williams played, you know, just like <laughs> a slightly like 
bad recording, like, yot- like country yodel sort of sounding. And then, like, at the end, something like Mr. Sandman playing, like, to close <laughs> it out. Something like that where it's just, like, it fits with the tone of the town instead of the tone of the team. Yeah, and then also, like, 2000s movies loved connecting villains with old songs. Like, loved it. So it would have been on theme. But, I mean, they could have done, like, even if they wanted to do something a little bit more hard rock, they could have done Johnny Cash's Hurt. Like... Was that out by that time? I think it was. I think it was. Johnny Cash, Hurt. Um... That was in 2002. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. I mean, because that would have been country and it would have been a nice combo. But also, they probably, knowing this movie, they would have wanted to do it at like one of the parts where the villains are like reflecting on themselves. Because there is actually one touching brotherly love moment where like uh, he's repairing his face mask. Oh, yeah. I love that part. Yeah. And the other one's like, congratulating him on doing such a good job of the town. And like you said, like it's, it's truly a feat of engineering because at one time Nick and Carly, as they're running through the basement, they find like all the controls and they're like switching panels and like lights are going on and off in the town. And, uh, but at the same time, it's like their dedication to this craft of making this fake town also impedes their murder ability because uh, Carly hides in the theater that's full of all fake wax people. And instead of just like flipping on the lights, the dude is letting the whole place be lit up by the projector. And also, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I love to ruin fun and I'm actually studying uh, film preservation. And I know that you couldn't just turn on a movie projector like that, like just from out there, like, and expect it to be playing a rel. I mean, of course it's a movie. They're not going to have it playing like the countdown or whatever, but still right. like really, really unlikely that it would have worked out that well. But of course they're going to do it because it wouldn't have made a good movie either uh, anyway. But, um, but instead of like turning on the lights, he's just looking around with the, like with it being lit by the movie, trying to find Carly and then he gets shot with arrows <laughs> twice and still manages to live because he's I a villain. About the so. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I love about this movie is how in sync Chad Michael Murray and Alicia Cuthbert were in this movie. Like I don't know, it it's really hard to believe like a lot of like brother and sister roles. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing that I really liked was when she was underneath the gas station, uh, like kind of tied up and everything, trying to escape. Um, and Chad Michael Murray was uh, interrogating Bo, uh, the uh, charismatic uh, murderer. Uh, it was just like there was just this nice like scene where like it, it just it how he was able to like catch on, like have that. Uh, I don't know what the what twins call it, but like that uh, ESP that like a lot of twins <laughs> say that they have, uh, where like he was just like, oh yeah, did you see like these two people? And he's like, no. And he's just like, is there anyone else work here? And he's just like, he's like, no, just me. And like he just like catches on so fast, and like he hears yeah. her scream, and he's like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's like my dog or something like that. And he's just like, yeah. nah, and just like it immediately like jumps into like him like fully catching on like trying to protect her and everything um there's like that's a really nicely paced oh yeah i will say like because you're really not sure if she's gonna at that point it's still up in the air about whether or not she could die and like her um her lips are super good which has to be incredibly painful um she's sticking up uh her fingers through the sewer grate trying to get his attention and Bo like very quietly like bends down and snips her finger Ugh. off and it's it's like really just one of the moments of the film was like Ugh, like really um but she manages to use the blood to like uh it's it's grody but to like wet her lips to help get, tear apart from the glue yeah. and um so that's like a that's a pretty good like scene where you're like how is she gonna get out of this and then she manages to scream for help and then there's a pretty good struggle uh, where they figure that out. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you thought they had a good brother-sister vibe because I thought they got a little 
they almost seem to have a little bit of like tension between them. Like I, I know that they're supposed to be twins. So it feels gross to say they had a bit of a romantic tension between them, but I think it's just because Chad Michael Murray is so often slated as like the tough romance option that that's kind of why. And they, but I was thinking like mainly at the end where he's like trying, like going after. And then also um, at the beginning. So yeah, like this movie, the stink that they're having in that party actually turns out to be like a pit of roadkill that one of the uh, guys is like throwing roadkill into and they, and Carly like accidentally slides into it and uh, he gives her his shirt to change into. Yeah. Which is then suddenly fitted onto her body and very obviously not a men's tank top. But um, I felt like they weren't really believable because I felt like they were just, I don't know. I got some weird vibes at the end. Uh, I will say another interesting part because you were talking about, there are some really like, they did they did definitely try to make a good movie and it's not like i said it does its job uh but there's one part where when they hide in this room uh when carly's like hiding in this room to try and get away from the villain he cuts through the door oh yeah i love this part yeah do you want to say what happens yeah okay yeah 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 so uh so everything's melting uh alicia cuthbert is in uh what's essentially the uh model room or ha- our model room for the twins where there's uh um a wax sculpture of uh the twins while they are still uh connected uh via face and back of the head um and she like put like pushes the uh she pushes what was it like the carriage or the crib or whatever uh to mm-hmm. the wall and Vincent like stabs through and or sets through the wall and he's like just trying to cut a hole open and he just keeps dragging through and it cuts through like right where the uh where the uh separation like surgery was taken uh so like you mm-hmm. just see like exactly I mean, with that scene right there you can like pick up exactly what happened like backstory wise with them it's like Mm-hmm. I get it right there. Like that. Yeah. You could have just had only that as a backstory. Not even use that like first five minutes with uh, the breakfast scene. And you could just use that. And you've been like, I got it. They're brothers. Yeah. And like they were uh, conjoined at birth. Yeah. That yeah. part I thought was amazing. Like beautiful, beautiful shot. Beautiful, beautiful concept. Yeah, like, that's that's the thing. It's, like, there were some really... Tr- like, you can tell the people who made this liked horror. Like, because this is a remake of a remake. So there's an original 1930s movie, a 1950s movie, and then this movie. And they're not, like, plot-for-plot plot remake. It's, like, the general concept yeah. is the same of, a like, a villain using a house of wax and, and turning people into wax figures. Um, and you can, like, to, to even know about this movie, I think, is to be a student of horror. And so there are some really interesting moments in this movie, but I feel like if they just been had a tight editor and just done a little bit of better writing, they did a little bit more believable. It would have been a much better movie, like getting rid of some of the characters um, so that the movie was a little bit more balanced. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I know we said we could go down to four, but you could almost go down to just two. Oh yeah, you could like you just could, find another reason. Yeah, you could easily just keep the trip. twin, or like just both twins. Yeah, probably would have been happy. Um, yeah. I mean, then, of course, you wouldn't have had expendable people to kill off. Right. Still. Well, okay. So uh, when you mentioned uh, uh, having a you know better editor, just like edit, having a little bit more consciousness about uh, the edits, um, I pulled up who the editor is, and you might want to change your mind about that, because <laughs> uh, he has done some uh, stinkers like the Tommy Lee Jones movie Man of the House, where he's... Uh, taking care of a bunch of uh, Texas State cheerleaders uh, because they witnessed a murder. So you got, like, those kind of, like, uh, things. But then he also did the 21 Jump Street movie that came out. Uh, he did Thor Ragnarok. Is this Joel Negron? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he did that. Uh, he did Thor Ragnarok. He did Sleepy Hollow, which is also a really good movie. Yeah, but he also did Triple X. So <laughs> yeah, he did Triple X, which is have you seen that movie? Have you seen Triple X? Oh my. So Triple X 
is a masterpiece of just complete toxic masculinity. It is so wild to watch it just being like, this is the most macho thing that will ever happen in cinematic history. So you're saying that Joel Negron is actually a secret genius. I mean, he worked with Taika Waititi on Thor Ragnarok. So you gotta... <laughs> that is true. And Ragnarok is probably one of my favorite movies of the last it has years, been. So. It has been uh, considered the gayest uh, Marvel movie out there. So if you want to <laughs> give it that, I, Vulture.com does a lot of <laughs> you know really silly things, but they were right on the money about that movie. Yeah, but as far as the editing goes, too, like I think... You know, jump scares really started gaining popularity in the 2000s. And and now they're in everything. Like, every movie has to have a jump scare yeah. now, um, if it's even slightly scary. Uh, but, like, some of the jump scares are really bad. Like, there's one jump scare where uh, Carly is exploring the house. And her boy, Jared Padalecki is her boyfriend in this movie. And he, like, spooks, she gets spooked by him. But the timing of him coming into frame and the sound, like, you know, because they always have a musical cue and there's a jump scare and it's like, yeah. or whatever, they don't line up. So you're, you've got the setup for the jump scare before you've actually got the shot of the jump scare, which was like, uh, hello, <laughs> like, should have checked this one again because it doesn't work at all. So, but, but I do agree with you. I think that, um, it's not a, it's not an awful movie. I, I, I should take it back that I said it was a truly awful movie. Um, it's like, you know, there's just some movies that are like junk food, something you just watch and you enjoy, and it's not good for you to do it all the time, but maybe it's fun to indulge every once in a yeah. while. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when there was another movie that I was, uh, going to, uh, to bring up with you, uh, if we decided not to do. Uh, House of Wax, uh, I was going to do something that's much worse, but still, like, uh, <laughs> along those same lines, which is, of course, uh, Freddy versus Jason. I've never seen either of their original movies, so that would have been truly something oh, to... I, they, <laughs> they, they give you a lot of setup, and they let you know what's okay. going on. But uh, that movie is just god-awful. Um, and that's another kind of, like, Paul Blair Mall Cop 2 that I just kind of, like, casually watch... Whenever I have things to do, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll just put on Freddy versus Jason, too. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking of, like, that one, which is, like, kind of along the same lines of, you know, unnecessary new metal, uh, a lot of great concepts, uh, but the scares are really misplaced and just awful. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, God, there were so many. Oh, the Wicker Man would have been great, too. Uh, yeah, there are some, don't worry, we've got, hopefully we'll be around making co- trash content for years and years, and we always do, um, I think, well, we always do, we've only done one Christmas episode, but I'm thinking for Christmas, we're going to try and find another Christmas horror theme, uh, themed horror movie. So, Which one um, did you do uh, last time? We did Black oh, Christmas. Damn it, I was going to say you should another... do Black Christmas. It was so bad. It was it was so so bad. This movie is definitely better than Black uh, Christmas, y'all. The so, part where uh, he eats the he makes cookies out of skin. Yes, uh, yes. We talked oh, about God, that. So we talked awful. about that movie also during Christmas, and we hated it so so much. It's so bad when he gets impaled on the Christmas tree. Uh, or just the fact that he glows in the dark. I have a lot. You can go, for all of you, who, maybe if you are new listeners, go back and listen to the Black Christmas episode because it is truly an awful God, I'm movie. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that one too. <laughs> so, Brian, uh, we try to come up with we just something we started doing. We come up with a crime based on a movie and the movie that we've watched. And I would say, like, got to be creative because obviously, like, murdering people and replacing them with wax figures is a crime. Is it? No, it is. But something. It is. It's a crime. <laughs> But imagine, like, if those people had survived, and then you you got to be the law- the defense lawyer. Like for them, that would be that would be something else. But anyway, so what do you think our listeners? What crime should they commit? And obviously, don't commit the crime. And if you do, that's not our fault. What What do you think uh, they should do based on this movie? Based. Oh, oh goodness. Oh. I'm thinking something innocuous like. 
making an elaborate mechanic wax figure to replace yourself at work. Oh, yeah. I know it's not really a crime, but a minor inconvenience. Okay, but... yeah, yeah. You, you got something like that. Kind of like uh, that one opening of The Office where Michael makes like a whole paper mache thing to make it look like he's sleeping. <laughs> kind of like Ferris Bueller. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, I would say... Um, oh, man. God, that is good, but... Uh, let me let me see if I can find at least something that'll match that. Oh, okay. So along the same along the same idea, but uh also almost a real life thing that has happened. Um making a wax sculpture of yourself to use as a HOV lane. I was thinking the same Brian. <laughs> Brian, uh, we are on the same wavelength, my friend, because I know I read that story about someone who used a sex doll to to get in the HOV. Oh no! See, I was talking about something that happened with my brother. Oh my my god! My brother was an artist uh, in high school, and he made a tape sculpture of himself, where like someone like just cellophane taped around him, and he was able to make a cast of himself, and then he used it for his HOV line. I didn't That's know about magic. the sex doll thing. What's a sex doll? I've never heard of it. What's a... Ah, uh, never. Me either. I just heard about it from this uh, totally reputable news site it, that I don't remember. Infowars? <laughs> I think it was www.relevantjokenewsource.com. Oh, I've heard of that. All right, Brian. So let our listeners know where they can find you and your podcast. You can find the Blood Buddies uh, not only uh, through iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, really anywhere that you uh, can listen to podcasts. Uh, but you can also find us on social media. We have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I believe all you can just search for uh, the Blood Buddies and you'll find us. Um, and we actually have, uh, some merchandise now for sale. Uh, I'm really proud of these just because I've spent money on them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but we have, uh, we have some really cool koozies, uh, and we've been making a zine. Uh, our first issue of the zine is out now, uh, having, you know, really great essays, uh, from a couple of our fans and friends, uh, you know, just all about their favorite horror movies and just uh, a lot of a lot of uh, fun reads, including a Which Blood Buddy Are You? <laughs> Which uh, I found out I almost ended up being Stephanie instead of myself because I forgot the answers that I gave for my own quiz. <laughs> well, I'll be sure to include links to anything uh, like your social media and also to that zine because I think that'll be a lot of fun for our listeners. As always, you can find us on hatepodcast.com on Facebook at Guess We Are Gonna Hate on Twitter and Instagram at Hate Podcast. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast or I guess you could write a negative review like please I mean don't that's like a jerk <laughs> move but you can do that buddy but to have but the why? goal to write a negative review and then take a screenshot and send it to Guess What You're Gonna Hate at gmail.com with a, your address to ask for a sticker like that's something I'd have to respect I would still send you a sticker but please write something nice about our podcast and then take a screenshot and send it to us we would love to send you a little a cute little sticker with our logo on it and At least a five star, and then you can write whatever. Yeah, you can words still you be want. mean. Like, still say yeah. our podcast sucks. We're like, yeah, sure, we agree with you. Here's your sticker. <laughs> five stars. Five stars. Okay, well, it was great having you on, Brian. Yeah, it was great being here. It was a, it was a fun time. Hopefully, I can come back later. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> Maybe to talk about Jersey Shore. Oh. <sighs> That would oh, be yeah, the well, second horror movie podcast host to come onto our show to talk about reality TV. Oh, really? Yeah, we just had Liz last week from Bloody Date Night talk about her favorite dating shows. I love Bloody Date Night. Oh, I love them yes. so much. Yes, then you'll have to listen to last week's episode. Anybody else who <sighs> missed it, go listen to it. Okay, damn. Okay, that'll be fun. Oh, my God. If You could totally get Chris from our show to do anything reality TV, Mike. God, she would do Rock of Love in a Yeah, we, t- we talked about Rock of Love. It's Liz's favorite. That show is trash, <laughs> but it's so fun to watch. Okay, well, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.